how do I know? What are the signs that my soul is unhealthy? Just, there's lots I could say about this because there's lots of signs. But I'm going to run through a few. And I guess I want to read to you this passage um, out of um, John 20, actually, when Mary was in the Garden of Gethsemane after Jesus had died. So he had died on the cross. Mary, who loved him, Mary Magdalene, she was found in the garden. And let me just read to you. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked inside the tomb. She saw two angels, one sitting at the head and one sitting at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear one, why is your soul in anguish? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have put him, she replied. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognise him. Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? And mistaking him for the gardener, she said to him, Have you not heard? If you have taken him away, you tell me where you've put him and I will go on and get him. Mary, Jesus said to her. Rabbi, which means my teacher. She recognised him in that moment. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father. But go find the others and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. And so Mary found the disciples and she told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them the message. Wow, what a fascinating scripture of a soul in anguish. And out of that scripture, I find some signs that the soul is unhealthy and I'm going to skip through them fairly quickly. Number one, Sight is unhealthy when your soul cannot remember or connect with who God is. You know, Mary didn't recognise him. She mistook him for the gardener. And you know, when our soul is in anguish, and what I notice in working with people is that often they can't recognise where God is or what he's doing when their mind, their will and emotions are in turmoil. Number two, when your soul is not able to rest or be at peace is a sign that your soul is unhealthy. You know, Mary's soul was in anguish. That is her thinking, her choosing, her emotions. She was not able to really understand what was happening there. Number three, a sign that your soul is unhealthy when you are unable to maintain your responsibilities. You know, the Sunday before last, Christy spoke on what your soul needs and she named purpose as one of the primary needs of the soul. And, you know, after Jesus met with Mary, he gave her a message to send, to take back to the disciples, a responsibility to tell the others 
of the next steps in his ascension. And sometimes when our soul is in anguish, we're not able to meet up with our responsibilities and we've all got different responsibilities before the Lord, right? You know, for some of us it's this and for some of us it's that. It changes over time. But that's another sign. Uh, number four, when there's no restraint. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for it is not right at this time. Our soul needs restraint. Number five, when we struggle in our relationships, when we're either withdrawing or isolated, that's another sign the soul is unhealthy. You know, Jesus instructs Mary to go and be with the others, the disciples. Delivering to them the message she received while wrestling with her own experiences in the garden. So that is, how, what is the sign that my soul is unhealthy? When our thinking and our choosing and our feeling are significantly interfering with our overall well-being or our well-being with others, this is a sign that your soul realm may have lost its anchor, its anchor points. It can be hard to understand. It can be hard to recognise because it happens in the hardware and the software located up here. And yet there are some things that we can do to help our souls recover. And I guess in the five or so ten minutes that I've got left, I really want to focus on that point and I've even put it on your cards for you. Okay. Our soul recovers. Are you ready? Are you keeping up? Yeah. yeah. Your soul recovers when it finds a home. If you read the front of this card, you know, it says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You know, earlier in that passage, it talks about how Adam was just form. So his soul had not come to life until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of God. And I just found, find in that Genesis chapter 2, it talks about the optimal environment. It describes the original environment that God created for the human soul. It is a safe place. It is a closeness and returning to God. The passage contains several references to nature, water, mist, breath, connection that line up with what science says about the stabilising of the mind, will and emotions. And our soul needs a home. You know, perhaps you could turn to the person alongside you for a moment and just tell them where you feel at home, where your soul finds a home. What do you think? At the piano, I can hear. At the beach. 
Anyone? The beach? The beach. The ocean, yeah. Mm. The kitchen. <laughs> Your soul recovers when it has a restriction. Remember I said that earlier. The word no is one of the most powerful words for the human soul. Adam and Eve could eat from all of the trees except for one. You know, we are the same. There'll be things in your life that you're currently saying no to, perhaps. Knowing that for whatever reason, right now, I just can't be on Facebook. Or, you know. Number three, your soul recovers when it engages with responsibility. Work, labour, our jobs are good for our soul. Adam was given a job to tend and to keep the garden. Adam was placed into an environment of responsibility to work and to keep it. Perhaps you can turn again to the person alongside you. What has God given you responsibility for? What has he asked you to tend and keep that you think keeps your soul in alignment? Share that with somebody. <laughs> Anyone? Family. Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. What else? What else is your responsibility? I saw you two giggling up the back there. The grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. Work. Mm. Finance. Number four, your soul recovers when it has connection with others. Staying surrounded keeps my soul healthy. Adam was placed into relationship, intimate connection versus just belonging or just having sort of acquaintances. We need to journey in relationship. And, you know, there are some people that are just good for our soul. You know, there's someone here. Sally, where are you, Sally? You know, I know, I don't know you very well, but I follow you on Instagram and I actually think you're a person that's good for the soul because sometimes I look at what you're doing and I think, I want to hang out with her. She's having fun. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> like, would you agree though, there are just people that are good for the soul? Number five, your soul, your soul recovers when it stays surrendered. You know, and yes, that means surrendered to Jesus. Um, as Aussies, we're so independent, aren't we? You know, we've, we don't ask for help. We want to do it on our own. We have idols. We have so much that vies for our attention But, you know, what it, what it means to stay surrendered, a couple of thoughts on that. It means acceptance. When our soul and our mind, our will, our emotions is in anguish, uh, sometimes it's acceptance. 
is required, perhaps that means going and speaking to somebody who is qualified to bring you hope found in Jesus Christ that intersects with observable science. You know, every year we are all entitled to 10 sessions of individual soul help, if you like, or mental health care. 10 group sessions we're entitled to, Medicare pays for. If your mind, will and emotions are unanchored, then you can actually go and have those needs met um, and find out and the explanation of what's happening, a tailored and unique anchoring for your individual needs. We can have each other, we can have our pastors, we can have our leaders, we can have our, you know, we can have our work colleagues and yes, but sometimes our soul needs to surrender to a process is what I found. And you know, for me, I went looking to the school chaplain, I went looking to my pastor, I went looking to the prophet at the time and those things are wonderful and good. But sometimes there was some information that I did not understand about what was happening biologically in my own family. That was, would have been really helpful to know at the time and really normalising to know at the time. Yeah. You know, coming back to that scripture, and I guess I just want to close with this. On the front of your cards, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You know, just as we close this morning, I wonder if again you could just turn to the person alongside you and just talk about what that might mean for you. If we're going to take the borrowed breath of God and receive it into our innermost being, into our body, into our mind, into our will, into our emotions, what does that mean for you today? What does it mean to take the borrowed breath of God and receive it into all areas of our spirit, our soul and our body?